broadcasting worldwide on internet radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everyone, to the Refresh Your Wealth podcast with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. So excited to be here. You podcast. don't sound that excited. Can you throw a little more energy into that? Uh, that was that was my, I mean, that's just my natural voice. <laughs> what do you want? Come on, you got to give me your radio voice, you know? Oh, like, uh, you want a little more like uh, up and down? What do they call that? Uh, I don't know. Dude, I'm not a pro, okay? All right. I'm just, I'm a lawyer. A boring tax lawyer. I'm running my IRA business now, you know halftime podcaster i'm not like i'm kind of like the waiter slash actor okay i haven't made it yet <laughs> okay. Keep, don't, don't quit your day job <laughs> that's what i'm saying so, well welcome everybody i love yeah. podcasting and i'm happy to be here yeah yeah it's good so on that note if you're a new listener you might be thinking this is a couple jokesters here but uh welcome now this is gonna rock but yeah, matt Sorensen. okay matt go ahead and finish your introduction sorry go ahead okay. and tell everybody who All you are right. Sorry. Okay. I mean, dude, we're we are two cool dudes talking about taxes and legal stuff. Uh, but we're both attorneys. Uh, Mark's also got the special distinction uh, of being a CPA as well. Mm, thank um, you. So I won't, you know, I'll give you that. But uh, the uh, but here's what we try to do on the show. We're all about saving taxes, protecting your assets, helping you build wealth making it more easier to live the American dream and doing it in a real practical way. We're not here to hype you up or whatever about, you know, making your next business or being the next, you know, Jeff Bezos uh, minus the divorce. But, um, (laughs) but we want to give people in the trenches, the real stuff they need to know, try and decipher the BS and give you a lot of practical strategies that will help you be successful in your journey. Okay, I only want to amend one item in your introduction, and that is we do want you to make tons of money, and we do have clients that are making tons well, of I'm money. Just saying, I just thought the hype about it. I'm just, oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm on social media now. It's like everybody wants to be a, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be, you know, no. whatever. And cool, cool. I'm, I'm, I don't want to, but I'm just saying there's already a lot of that out there. Yeah, it, it's true. Fair enough. We're, we're not flash in the pan. We're hardcore, make sense of it. We'll be here tomorrow. We could do consultations. We're a real law firm, a real accounting firm, and we want to welcome you. So if you're a small business owner, if you're investing in real estate, if you're investing in cryptocurrency, uh, investing in precious metals, if you are just trying to maximize your retirement account and try to put cooler things in it, we are here for you. We want to rock it. We've been doing this podcast for over 10 years. Some of you may have just have fallen on this today going, where have these guys been? Well, our podcast is getting a little more traction and it's growing every year. And so please spread the good word if we wow you today. And our topic, Matt, tell everybody our topic. Yeah. This is good. Okay. What we're talking about today is the power of the S corporation. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm listening to a podcast about S corporations. Oh, My friends, this can great. save you thousands. Do you like thousands of dollars? Do you like money? Are you a business owner? Do you want to keep more of what you make? Okay. This is this strategy, and this is where the taxes come come in. This is like the defense in sports, right? Mm-hmm. 
It's not about, you know, offenses, scoring points. And in the business world, it's about making money, getting sales. This is defense. This is keeping what you made. I like it. Defense wins Super Bowls, Matt. Defense wins games, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the, is the yin and the yang. This is the yang. The yin gets all the, you know, cool, sexy, like you I'm, said, yeah. podcasters out there. I'm going to make you millions. Yeah. Hey, yang, we're going to save you millions. Yeah. That's our We're going to make sure you keep it. That's what we're talking yeah. about. Make sure you keep it. All right. Well, Matt, we start every week uh, with a tax and legal tip. Folks, mm-hmm. this is a chance for us to maybe throw in a little something that's different. So you may have not found the topic, the, what do you call it, the du jour, the topic of the day? The yeah. soup du jour. The soup du jour. <laughs> that sounds good. No, I'll have that. <laughs> I'll have that. <laughs> That's funny. Last night, dude, seriously, for those Dumb and Dumber fans, my wife would say the stupidest movie on the planet, not in a positive light, <laughs> uh, but it is titled Dumb and Dumber for a reason. Anyway, for a, a little quote on that, last night, I was up at the college. I was helping out with some students, and this guy walks by in a, in a full-on cowboy hat, and uh, boots, and I was standing next to this other guy to go, look at the butt on that, and he totally picked up on it. Yeah, he must work out. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was like, you know, guys can just good moments. You know, yeah, it was a good moment. You just quote Dumb and Dumber. You know, you, you got to be careful throwing out a line like that to the wrong guy that doesn't know the context of the joke. You know, well, there was two people walking, that, so that was the beauty of it. Oh, okay, all right, okay. So it's, it's so like that was a good play. Good it was a good play. I, I felt that I lived the moment. So the soup du jour today is S corporations, but we always want to give you a little something that might help you in your small business from a tax or legal standpoint. Matt, do you want to run with a legal tip or do you want yep. me to throw down a tax tip? I'm ready to give a legal tip. Okay. It's all you, baby. Throw down that Fetacaster, Metacaster. What kind of guitar do you have? Fetacaster. Stratic- Stratocaster. Okay. Stratocaster. Sorry. Stratocaster. Telecaster. Stratocaster. We are podcasters. Okay. Stratocaster. Mark is not rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. All for right. all of you musicians out there, I've totally lost you as subscribers, but Matt is the true musician here. He can, he can play a riff. So let's play, let's play this riff. All right. Let's do it. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. Okay. My legal tip I want to talk about is about contract law and about suing for specific performance. This came up twice recently. And what do I mean by that specific performance? If, and I had one that was a contract that someone had for services and they performed the services and they didn't get paid. And there was ongoing things that, you know, there may have been ongoing obligations, but the primary reason is they weren't getting paid. Another client that wanted to buy a piece of real estate. They had a contract to buy, they had gotten a sweet deal when they made the contract. The seller was then having second thoughts and was getting a higher offer and was like, crap, the seller's like, I don't want to sell. I want to get out of this contract so I can sell to this other person that wants to pay me 20 grand more for my house. So what, what can each person do? Now, if you're in that situation where you have a contract and someone has an obligation to do something like pay you money or sell their house, you can sue for what's called specific performance, which means they have to specifically perform under the contract terms. Now for the real estate contract, the buyer, what we were able to do is say, hey, seller, you're forced to sell. I don't care if you got a better deal. You have to sell to us. We can sue you for specific performance to sell the property to us. And you know what? If you're not gonna sell to us, we're gonna lien the property on title, we're gonna file a lawsuit, put a list pendants on there, 
and we're going to tie this up so you can't sell it to someone else because we had the contractual right. We got to you first. You agreed to sell, sell at X price. We're going to perform on the dates when we're supposed to and we're going to buy. So that's called specific performance. And the reason I want to bring that up is because the client was really wanting to buy this property. And they were like, am I going to get screwed? What can I do? I have a contract, but someone wants to pay them more. Do I just get to keep their earnest money? Uh, or excuse me, do I just get my earnest money back? You know, how does this work? And so um, uh, the contract terms did allow for this specific performance. So just keep that in mind under contractual provisions. You Many times you'll have that ability to sue for specific performance to force them to, uh, uh, to comply with the terms of the agreement. Seems, seems simple, but um, in practice in the heat of the moment can be really tricky to uh, think through and make happen. Matt, I love it. That's a good one because yeah. sometimes money won't make up for the breach of contract. You want to, yeah. You know, and that was the thing is, you know, this person was willing to pay 20 grand more. My client was like, I think the property is worth actually 50 grand more. You know, and the seller's like, well, I'll give you a little bit of money, you know, and, and they were trying to negotiate. We're like, nope, you got to sell to me at this price. Sorry, shouldn't have contracted with me. You know what I mean? So, um, so we stuck to our guns. We'll okay. see. Hopefully they're able to close later this month. I love it, Matt. You're s such a tough attorney. Tough. Yeah. 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 You're a bulldog. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. You'll take that. I know. I'll take it. Okay, now I've got a sweet tax tip. So I'm going to Matt, let Matt throw down the... Okay, here it goes. Whatever caster. <laughs> a tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. All right, here we go. All right, now this is an important tip about meals. Now, all of you as business owners, writing off your meals expense is very, very important. Um, now, I don't want to talk about meals when you're out talking business with a contact, a customer, an employee, your spouse, your significant other, anybody on your board of advisors. I want to talk about when you're traveling. So, you're out traveling, going to meet a vendor, check on some real estate, talk to a customer, maybe checking out a new opportunity, and the meals would be a write-off, even if you're not talking business with someone because you're on a business trip. Well, keep track of your receipts and blah, blah, blah. But let's just assume you're traveling and you're going on the cheap. You're going to go and eat 7-Eleven hot dogs. You might stop at Subway, get a little sandwich. You're going to, you're just keeping it on the the DL, you're going to a cheaper hotel, you're trying to be a little conservative, which as a business owner, you've learned a penny saved is a penny earned. So if you don't need to be extravagant, don't. Keep it cheap. Um, uh, you always want to save as much money as you can on these things. And it's my, sometimes my younger business owners that are, you know, oh, I'm going on a business trip and they, you know, spend so much money. I'm like, where's your profit? Well, I spent it on this trip. And they soon realize that these older penny pitchers, aka me, uh, you know, I take home more money to spend on other things I might want and I enjoy travel. But anyway, that's a side note. The point is here, maybe you go on the cheap with your meals. Well, this is where the per diem strategy comes in. You don't, you can either write off your Subway footlong sandwich with the chips and drink, combo it up. I don't care. Or you can write off the per diem amount for that lunch, whichever is greater. So you get the per diem amount or what you spent. And so you can go to your accountant at the end of the year and say, I spent, 
I did seven trips. I went to this city, this city, this city on a regular basis. These were the days I spent. I was there at breakfast, lunch, and dinner these days. And there's a chart you can go to. It'll tell you what the average breakfast, lunch, and dinner is in that city. And then you write that in as your meals expense. Now it's limited by 50%. So you put in the total per diem amount and then your accountant will cut it in half. Now, Matt, let's have some fun here. The website you all want to go to here is the gsa.gov website. Um, and that could be if backslash travel, I'd go there. So gsa.gov backslash travel. Now, if you just Google per diem rates 2019, you're going to get to the GSA website real quick. Mm. And then they have a map right on the homepage. So Matt, give me a city. You throw it out. Where are you going to um, go? Let's see. Uh, Dallas, Texas. Okay. I'm going to go down to Texas. I highlight over there and I look here. Okay. Texas, Dallas. You're going to go to Dallas. Okay. Now their per diem rates for uh, 2019 mm-hmm. or travel are $149 a night for a hotel. So pretty cool. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that's How's what a you separate number on. for meals or that's for, I see I'm getting distracted. Right. That's cool. That's hotel. That's a hundred percent write off. So if you got a cheaper yeah. hotel, you can do that one, but I won't go down that path. Sorry. I got to stay focused. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let's go to Dallas and look at meals. The total meals per day that you're allowed is $66. That's a $16 breakfast, $17 lunch, $28 dinner, and $5 incidental. Okay. Um, so $66. So if you spend less than $66 on food by yourself, and again, you might just grab a, uh, a, some sort of energy drink or a coffee or uh, go to Jamba Juice for breakfast, have a protein shake, a ten dollar bag of beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can we talk about the ridiculous beef jerky prices, by the way? Yeah, beef. <laughs> what's up with beef jerky? Yeah, it's been yeah. Anyways, okay. Uh, I'm in the land of beef jerky up here in Idaho for yeah. sure. Okay, um, so I get sixty six bucks now. Do I get the whole thing, or do I still have to half that? You still have to half it. Okay, so now I got thirty three bucks. Thirty three. Thirty three dollar write off. Now here's the deal: you take someone out to a nice dinner, and you spend say a hundred bucks at Ruth Chris and you take out one of your customers and you have a nice steak dinner, that's your dinner portion, which is $28. You still can take the per diem for the lunch and the breakfast. Oh, okay. So you can kind of play with it. Um, Now, a lot of people use this strategy too for simplicity. They're like, hey, I went to the city nine times. It was all business. Here it is on my calendar. The accountant just goes $66 time and it's done. Receipts don't matter. All you have to do is prove it was a business trip and what your purpose was and you're good. So, yeah, anyway, I just think it's kind of fun. Um, You can go and look at any. So like the big city, like if you're in San Francisco or something like that, or, you know, New York City where the costs are high, you might be getting a much higher Just for fun. Let's look at San Francisco, which many that live there know how cheap it is. So very affordable. Yeah, very affordable, you know, the Bay Area. Um, Okay, so let's see. Oh, my gosh, there's multiple pages here for San Francisco. San Francisco. Oh, not as nice as I would like. Apparently, the average breakfast in San Francisco is $18. The average lunch is 19 Jeez, that does not seem fair. I've been down <laughs> before. $34 for dinner, five incidental. So you're up to $76 for your okay. food on your own in San Francisco a day. I don't right. know if you're – man, the homeless people in San Francisco, they spend more on meals there than that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, very true. All right. Well, All right, man. 
Okay. Well, yeah, like that's it. my little tax tip. I like the simplicity of it. I, I've been in that scenario where it's like, oh, crap. I got on my calendar. I remember I was out of town, but it's like, what did I spend? Sometimes I've got like cash in my pocket, so I'm just throwing that out and I'm not keeping receipts, you know? That is a yeah. good way to just be like, let's just look up what it is in that city and just take yeah. Just I needed to write it. The reason why I was kind of on this is someone asked me at a conference last week about per diems. And I was like, I don't even have an article on this. So I need to write one for our newsletter. Um, right. Maybe I'll do that. Our newsletter comes out this week, which is a good reminder for all of you listening. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, you can do that at refreshyourwealth.com. You can also check the box to have one of our staff call you immediately for a little introduction from one of our attorneys maybe set up an actual consultation. I recommend if you don't have a tax or legal professional helping you at least once a year, put together your plan and just review it. Um, you're missing out. Spend an hour once a year and you might spend three, four, 500 bucks once a year to get that consultation done. But man, you could save 10 times that easily. Mm -hmm. it, even just going through it, sometimes clients are like, I'm embarrassed to say, you know, let's help hold you accountable. So mm -hmm. anyway, you can get there at refreshyourwealth.com, sign up for the newsletter and check Sweet. the box. All right, well, should we delve into the power of the S-Corp? The power. The power. Let's do it. Okay. Um, should we just tag team it? Do you want to tell us what you think is great about it? Well, why don't you tell people? Yes. Do we say why S-Corp first? Why would I even yeah. think about S-Corp? Is that a good yeah. Matt? You, you take that one. Why would you maybe do an S-Corp? All right. Because I want to save taxes. Bottom okay. line. S-Corp saves taxes. I thought LLC saved taxes. Oh, you'd be mistaken, my friend. <laughs> Sounds like you've been listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> LLCs do not save taxes. So an LLC is really just um, tax neutral. It's, you're not going to owe more taxes, except for those in California, because you have a franchise tax. <laughs> and, um, but you're not, I would say the LLC is more tax neutral. The S Corp, on the other hand, the S Corporation, gives you the ability to minimize taxes. Now, it's not for everyone. If I'm, going, if I'm doing rental real, real estate or I have more investment income, don't be thinking S-Corporation. You're more in the LLC for asset protection. Where the S-Corp can help save taxes is for business owners, those who are self-employed, getting ordinary income, you're getting 1099, you have a, a business online, a storefront, you're Uber, you're a real estate agent or broker getting 1099, any of those types of operations. Even me, I have an S-Corporation where I run my income through the law firm and other, and other sources. And I love my S corporation. So, but what the S corporation does is I can save on taxes on the self-employment tax. And we'll get into this by using it, which you cannot do in the LLC or other entities. And, and we may, maybe you should mention C corp too on why we don't like that. Yeah. Now for some of you out there are already freaking out. If you have an LLC that made an S election, then you have an S corp in the yeah. eyes of the IRS. So you might have a state registered LLC. I could be Mark Kohler LLC, but have an S election. So mm -hmm. just know you have an S corp now. Don't go around saying I have an LLC. You have an S corp once you make that yeah. S election. So you get to play in the game. Yeah. If you're an LLC with an S election, you're cool. But it just a plain old LLC is all about protection or partnering. It's not about tax planning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. So there's the first reason. Um, I'm going to throw out another one. I mean, an ancillary reason to have an S Corp is not only first and foremost, every dentist, doctor, engineer, contractor, developer, electrician, plumber, internet marketer, all of my, our clients that are creating mm -hmm. ordinary income are S Corps if they're making more than $40,000 a year. If you're making more than yeah. 40 grand a year, taking home after net, expenses, yeah, net. net. 
three to four grand a month, you need to be thinking S Corp immediately. And I know some accountants out there are freaking out going, you can't do that. You got to take a reasonable payroll. Look at my payroll matrix. I've got blogs out there on this. I've got books out there on this. We've talked to so many IRS agents. We've never had a client get audited for taking too less of payroll. There is a sweet spot. We're confident in it. We love it. We can talk about it. Email me if you want to send me some hate mail. I'll send you my, my little matrix that helps you find a the sweet spot. But Boy, look, man, somebody hurt you about this, didn't they? Yeah, man, I just kind of... Somebody hurt you. I kind of went <laughs> yeah. off. Sorry. <laughs> my, my therapist said it's good to you know, work yeah. through these issues. Just talk, uh, it, talk it out. Yeah, okay. talk it out, talk it out. Okay, okay. No, but where I, <laughs> where I was going with all this, but the S-Corp not only saves taxes, so all those clients, I'm just reiterating what Matt said. So if you're creating ordinary income, the S-Corp's where you want to be. But the S-Corp also does give you asset protection. Um, you're, you still get that corporate veil. Some clients will set up the S-Corp just to get the protection started in their little restaurant, even though they're not making a lot of net profit yet. So they know the tax benefit will come down the road, but you still get the same darn protection as an LLC or a C-Corp. That protection is an important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me say one important on this taxing, and we're going to get into the tax strategy, but I want to say this. When you make money, there's different ways you get taxed. You have your income tax, which you're going to pay, whether I'm, I've got wage income, my small business income, I got rental income, I don't care. Everybody's going to pay income, social security income, whatever. Yeah, all that stuff. You're paying income tax based on whatever tax bracket you fall into. Okay. Now, there's certain types of income, though, where you have to pay what's called self employment tax. This is where you're thrown into Medicare and social security. There's other income that's automatically exempt from that, like rental income. So if I got rental properties or capital gain income when I sell them, that is just, I'm just is paying income tax as I'm making it from the cash flow. I have capital gain income when I sell it and make profit. And that type of income, neither of those types of income you have to pay self-employment tax on. So I don't need to worry about self-employment tax there. But if I got a business or I'm self-employed, I got, I got a 1099, now I'm paying income tax on that and I'm paying this self-employment tax, which is 15% Medicare, Social Security. And this is where the tax savings are. And this is where the S-Corp starts. And one other way to say it is just that if you have a day job and are getting a W-2, your employer is withholding Social Security and Medicare and matching it. When you work for yourself and create ordinary income, that's self-employment income, not rentals yeah. or something, then you've got to, quote unquote, withhold from yourself and match, which is self-employment tax. That's yeah. the theory. You're the employee and the employer, so you get yep. to pay it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lucky you. But the S-Corp, we're going to give into the technique here in a minute to save on that. Now, I want to point out another third benefit of having an S-Corp is to start building corporate credit. We have a lot of clients that are like, I want to get that EIN. I want to start getting a Dun & Bradstreet number, building a Paydex score, getting trade lines, and start building some corporate credit. And some clients of ours use that very strategically, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. Uh, number four, I want to say this, a lot of clients will set up the S-Corp to use the power of the solo 401k. They'll want to set up a 401k to be the sponsored retirement account of the, of the S-Corp. It's a perfect fit. They work hand in glove with the payroll and your profit. And uh, inevitably, when a client tries to set up a solo 401k and a sole proprietorship, they have to end up redoing the whole thing. Because if you're making enough money to fund a 401k, you better be an S-Corp anyway. So, mm-hmm. so you're just, you're just wasting your time and wasting money. And the last thing I like about the S Corp is you can create a lot of legitimacy. You can look professional, you can get your ink out there, you can start building your website, you can create a little bit of privacy. 
that's another th benefit. I mean, we, I'm, Matt, I'm, you may be thinking of some other benefits. I'm just trying to rattle some of these off other than taxes, yeah. but privacy, the asset protection, the legitimacy, you look legit on your business card. You can put president of your corporation. <laughs> that's freaking cool. Um, yeah. Can I do one more, Matt? I'm, I'm going to say board yeah. of directors. You can set up your own okay. board of directors, which we've talked about repeatedly on the show is an excellent yeah. way to support, take a tax write off for your board of directors. Uh, Matt, do you want to highlight any of those or throw out another one? I know I just kind of ran those off. I don't know. I felt like we were like at the table sharing fries and you just like kept your hand in and ate them all. <laughs> oh, did you want? <laughs> well, you, you, you were focused. You jumped right on the taxes. It's like you went right for the fry sauce. And I'm like, hey, you're going to go after the fry sauce. I'm going to go after the fry. So, you know. I know. I know. So, dude, you're, you're just on a roll there. I, you know, every time. Every once in a while, you see someone just have this unique need for it, you know? And sometimes it's like, well, I have to have an entity because I'm buying product and, in, and I'm going to resell it. And if I want to work with the supplier, I have to have a tax ID and a legit company. And so, like, I, I kind of have, I might as well get it going now anyways. And so, everybody has different little reasons on why they may need it. Um, but our first criteria, and all those are great perks and benefits, and where you're really going to see money in your pocket at the end of the day is the tax strategy. And that's the big, that's the big selling point really. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a, uh, let me give, by, by the way, I've got two points. First of all, I said the word fry sauce. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people in the country that have no idea what fry sauce is. Is It's amazing. I'll go around the it country because exactly. I travel a little bit and fry sauce is kind of a mountain West thing. So you'll yeah. see it in Idaho, Utah, Colorado, um, Sometimes in some fringes of it, at a Zippies in Washington, um, uh, but anyway, there, there. It's really kind of a unique thing. It's basically ketchup mixed with mayonnaise and a little bit of, yeah, secret, you know, yeah. spice of some sort. You know, I have a secret sauce that I, you know, my little secret fry sauce. You, have, you make your own fry sauce? I do, I do. So uh, <laughs> it's okay. You're gonna share it? I'm giving the recipe. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm giving the rest. I'm gonna get a pen here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Go ahead. Remember it. It's good. You need three things. You need ketchup, mayo, and barbecue sauce. Oh. One third ketchup, one third mayo, one third barbecue sauce. I'm telling you, change your life. Wow. <laughs> I, I feel like weight gaining is the change life portion, but I, I didn't say it was going to be changed for the better. I just said it's going to change your life. <laughs> yeah, no promises on. There's change involved. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is delicious though. It so. sounds delicious. Yeah. You do some French fries with that. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. I like it now. So <laughs> where I was going with this, where was I going with this? What uh, was your last point? We, we were talking about, uh, Oh, cause the, the fry sauce is the, um, the tax, the tax savings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think, yeah. So now I remember where I wanted to go with it. So with the, with the S corp, it's, um, we, I had this example. That's what I want to do. So I had this realtor just on my um, agenda yesterday and um, she's single mom and gosh, God, there's, there's a place in heaven for single moms. There really is. And she's working her tail off. She's been a realtor three years now and now she's hitting it out of the park. Um, and so last year she made over a hundred grand. And of course she caught a little workshop of mine in the fall and had a huge reality check when she's just been a sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. So she had over a hundred grand net income as a realtor last year. And she's looking down the barrel at over $15,000 in self-employment tax. Um, and then income tax. 
right, uh, yeah. <laughs> Texas. So there's no Texas state tax, okay. luckily in her situation. But she has state, uh, federal tax coming down the pipe. And when you're a single mom, I mean, a $1,500 a month, that's a game changer you know, in, in yeah. self-employment tax. And she didn't, she hadn't set aside that money. She was really worried. She didn't know it was coming. And she go, she, and she heard me present and she's like, what do people do? And I'm like, they're an S-corp. If you're a realtor making more than 50 grand a year, hands down, you should be an S-corp. Now this is again, not just realtors. This is my dentists and my chiropractors and acupuncture therapists. And I mean, just anything like that. Yeah. You're, you're creating ordinary income. So we were able to start off 2019 right if you're listening to this podcast, January's almost over, which means you've already lost a month of savings. The IRS doesn't let you backdate an S-corp. You can't call me in June and go, hey, I hit a home run. So we got on the phone yesterday. We got our S-corp set up immediately. She hadn't had any major commissions this year so far. And so we've already calculated her tax savings of over $8,000, maybe nine. So we're going to save on two-thirds of what she would have paid otherwise. And so that's the point, people. So we're going to get into the minutia, the details of how this works. Yeah. But, but um, anyway, I thought an example. Yeah, that's great. Let, let's go into that. Let's say, let's say that she just stayed. Let's just take this example. Someone making 100 grand a year, because I can do the math on that pretty easy. <laughs> and it's a, good, it's a good illustration, I think, too, at that income level. And it's a common, you know, once you're starting to make some money, self-employed, it's a good spot to be at. Okay. So 100 grand a year after all your expenses. Let's okay. say someone's just a sole proprietor. They're an LLC. Okay. Maybe I'm in a 20% federal tax bracket. I'm paying 20 grand in income tax. Uh, maybe I got my state income tax. Maybe I don't, you know, you're in Texas, wherever. Um, but I also got to pay 15% to, yes. on the self-employment tax. Right. So I'm sending 15 grand. Yeah. If you want to get a little income tax. Yeah. So let's get a little technical. Let's say your net is a hundred grand in your business. And so and I don't have an entity. I'm just, Matt yeah, just I'm just, I'm out there cranking. I'm doing internet sales. I'm selling Cutco knives, Mona V, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm out, and that's cool. You know, you got a small business, you're cranking. You make a hundred grand net. So you're taking home approximately eight grand a month, let's say, net, which is exciting. You're yeah. it's wonderful. You're paying your bill. So it's all good. You're gonna pay self-employment tax off the top. So you got 15 grand off the top. Then it dives into your 1040 at that point and it gets a little crazy. You get to deduct before you pay income tax, you've got your standard deduction which is now 12 grand if you're single, 24 grand if you're married. You might have a child tax credit if you have children and you get to deduct half of what you paid in self-employment tax. So you're going to whittle that income tax bracket yeah. down to maybe 70,000, let's say, if, you're, if, if things go well, 70 or 80, then you're going to pay 20% on that. So, but where the real savings is, is that top line number. So in an S corp, I guess, Matt, should I yes. spell the secret sauce on this one? Yeah, okay. yeah. Matt does one third ketchup, one third mayonnaise, one third barbecue sauce. Good. You remembered. Thank you. Is one third salary, two third profit. So that's how that's Matt, this has been a fun analogy. I can't yeah. I'm gonna use this for now. So you got your S Corp <laughs> and what's the secret sauce? Generally speaking, and my matrix changes it based on your income level, but at a hundred grand, we're gonna be approximately one-third salary, two-thirds profit. Now, you still take home the 10 grand or the 100 grand for the year, the 8,000 a month, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You're still taking it home, but we're going to allocate a portion of that to W-2, pay the F word, FICA, Social Security, Medicare, get rid of it, and then the rest is the 
ketchup and mayonnaise. I mean, that's really okay. what you're trying to do. Now I'm confused though. Is the ketchup the salary or is the, and is the mayo the profit? We get together on this, right? Which one should we do? Ketchup? What's the, I guess they're equal parts. So yeah. let's say the ketchup is the salary. Okay. The ketchup's the salary. Yeah. That's the base. Because Everybody knows ketchup. That's the base. Everybody knows ketchup. That's like, right. I like that. Yeah, okay. Everybody knows Every, ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> the mayo, that's a, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah, the mayo and the barbecue sauce, that's, that's your profit. profit. That's the fat. So, um. Okay, now on this, remember, the, the profit Mark talked about, that two-thirds, let's say, that is, I'm paying income tax on it still, but I do not have to pay into Medicare and Social Security on that. And you can only do that in an S-corporation. I cannot split my money up like that in my sole proprietorship. I cannot split my money up like that in an LLC. I can't even do that in an S-corp or in a C-corporation. This only works in this way by using an S corporation. So you got to be in the right entity um, in order to, you know, yep. and put together a, these ingredients and have the secret sauce. Totally. And as a CPA, I, I review a lot of tax returns where come, people come through the door and go, oh, well, what my accountant did is 1099 to me and on my, so my schedule C, so I paid my fair share and da, da, da. And so I did it in an LLC, but then I did the, and all these crazy yeah fangled ways to backdoor it. And what happens is you get the IRS in your grill. They start sending you letters, nasty grams, and they're upset. Yeah. And you just do, just play the game. Don't play outside the lines. You know, yeah. this is the NFL, not the CFL, not flag football. It's the NFL playing the, playing within right. the lines and you're not going to have a problem. Yeah. 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 Good point. You just, you know, yeah. I think that sometimes people will try to get a little too creative Mm -hmm. um, or, and honestly, sometimes they're not creative enough. There's this right balance of find the right rules and, and get, and be as aggressive and creative as you can within the rules. And that's where this strategy really, really pays off because it's within the rules. It's creative. You're going to keep more money in your pocket at the end of the day. Don't get sold some harebrained way on the other side, but also don't listen to the CPA or accountant that doesn't know what the heck they're doing. Yeah. The, you listening to this podcast, people, you are ahead of the game and at least half of the CPAs out there. I give lectures to CPAs around the country. I've got tax advisors that listen to this podcast and I want to thank them for giving me a chance to help improve their practice because I'm still learning too. And this is one I learned years ago. This is a time-tested strategy. Now on this note, I want to make sure we, we come together on this. We're, this is level one guys. We're going to take it to another level here because the tax cuts and jobs act, Donald Trump and the GOP, they freaking threw gas on the fire. I mean, this gets better. <laughs> So we're in a good way. This is basically gas on the fire. (laughs) Yeah, this is a freaking baseline. It gets better. So, a couple more important points to keep in mind. It's simple. Do not think you're going to have to cut yourself a paycheck. You don't have to go sign up for a paycheck service at ADP, you could or Costco or whatever. You can keep this simple. Take your money every month. Take it from the court, put it in your personal account, go buy underwear and groceries in your personal account. Don't pay for personal things in your company account. And then we'll produce a payroll report quarterly that designates how much profit was payroll. Because you're like, I don't know how much money I'm going to make. Money's up, money's down. It's cash flow challenged. Hey, we're all entrepreneurs. We get it. So you can adjust your payroll quarterly based on how much you took. It's called after the fact payroll. Don't stress out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, some business owners and some of you in a business may have a, you kind of have your steady stream. You know what the income to expect. 
you know, you might have a, a you know, maybe like the dentist or the chiropractor. It's like, all right, I'm kind of in a good spot of I know where my income is and I know what my quarterly is going to be. I just plan for it. My accountant knows it. We file it. I just take money out of my business, put it in my personal account, pay my bills. And, but some of you may be like a real estate client, whether you're an investor or a real estate agent, and it could be one quarter, zero commissions. Yeah. Next quarter, you get five or six deals that happen, you know, and, and all of a sudden it's big. And that's okay. If you have nothing, throw a zero on it, but report it. And then the following quarter, you got all the commissions coming in, run the numbers, take your one third, two third, or 50, 50, or whatever your calculation is going to be. Cause, mm -hmm. and Mark mentioned this before at the beginning, he does have the Kohler payroll matrix. Um, uh, taking the which, country by storm. Taking the, taking the country, I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> which, which, which shows depending on your income levels, where you generally want to be for payroll. And, or I should say, you know, what profit you can take out of your business, kind of where you want to be in terms of payroll and profit that you're declaring. Yeah. And talking about the payroll matrix, taking the country by storm, our podcast, I just want to say it saved a life the other day. Um, I was in Riverside at a conference and she's listening. I don't want to use her name because, you know, I'm very cautious about, yeah. you know, client privilege. Podcast host privilege. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> podcast host privilege. I don't want to expose you. But she came up to me after my workshop. She's like, Mark, I love your podcast. Her husband there, and they were so nice. And she goes, we were driving to Arizona for nine hours. She goes, she said this like last month. And she goes, I got in the car with my mom and my mom will not shut up. I was literally going to kill her. You know, this is, this is, you know, bless her heart. She just, she cannot handle silence. She's got to fill it. So she goes, I, I turned on my phone, went to your podcast and just started playing. She goes, we listened to eight podcasts in a row. <laughs> eight hours. I was like, you seriously put up with me for eight hours, man. She's like, oh, you guys are so funny. I was like, thank you. We're trying. And so I want to give her a shout out. And then she goes, but seriously, you saved my mom's life because I was about ready to pull over and beat her with a tire iron. So it was, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, you wow, know, you're saving can, lives, Mark. Gosh, yeah, no. saving lives. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> Now, I want to talk about checkbooks here. Some, some people go, well, I don't want to set up an S-Corp because there's more reporting and blah, 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 blah. And they've been sold somewhere that an mm -hmm. LLC is easier. Bullcrap, people. I'm yeah. sorry. That was our PG portion of the show. It is, it is totally a farce. It's a lie. It's a scam. It's a myth. When you yeah. set up an LLC, you need a separate checkbook. You need an EIN. You need to respect it. You need an operating agreement. You need to do minutes. Don't let anybody yeah. tell you, I don't have to do that. You go to court with that one sheet of paper in the drawer from LegalZoom. Good luck. I swear that, you know, this is why they say there's no atheists in foxholes. When those bombs start dropping, you start believing real quick. And if you've yeah. got a lawsuit, you're going to start believing I should have done my company maintenance. I don't care what you got. And the same yeah, yeah. thing with an S Corp. And it's not hard. It's not you just, just yes, do your minutes, not, maintain yeah. a separate checkbook. Yeah. I feel like some people just want like, they just want the easy button all the time. And that's how the LLC is gone. And we love the LLC. I'm not trying to, we're not trying to say, but yes, what's the one dip? There's two things you're going to do different than an LLC. You're going to do payroll, which on a quarterly basis, once a quarter, you can't put up with that. In okay. Yeah. It's easy. And then you're going to do a tax return at the end of the year. Well, you're going to report that stuff on your schedule. See if you're a sole proprietor, at least. I mean, you're still going to have to run the numbers, calculate it. And the tax savings are going to pay an accountant to do that for you. If you're making 50 grand net, the money you're saving in taxes pays an accountant to do that. And you're still keeping thousands. Yeah. And in fact, let's talk cost benefit. Let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm a Clint Eastwood fan. The ugly here is 1500 bucks a year. 
I would budget, if you're going to have an S-Corp, just in tax prep fees, you're going to approximately be around $1,500. That's going to cover your payroll service and your tax return at a very kind of a basic S-Corp level. Now, the more transactions you have, the more moving parts, your S-Corp return could run two grand or more. But if, if this realtor that I just gave an example of out of Texas, if she's going to save nine grand, let me see. This is hard math, Matt. Okay, get a pencil. Yep. Save $1,500, spend, uh, I'm sorry, spend $1,500, save nine. Okay, help me out. Just, which one's better? Okay, spend yeah, $1,500, like, save did nine. I missed the question. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is a joke. Okay. It's, it's hard. Um, <laughs> go to, I'm going to go $1, Bob. <laughs> we're on a webcam. Matt literally grabbed his yellow pad and a pen. He's like, okay, go for it. I'm like, I just spend, <laughs> spend 1500 save nine. Tell me if it's that. I supposed to know where you were going with that. I didn't know. <laughs> I love it. Gotcha. <laughs> Hi, you <busted> me. <laughs> oh, okay. I got one other analogy. Can I throw down one more? I'm just okay. full of analogies today. I told Matt before the show started, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> and it just, you're crushing it. It's coming together today. The fry sauce is what opened the door. Um, think about people say checkbooks. Mark, I don't want a checkbook for my personal account. And then a checkbook to save taxes. And then a checkbook for my S Corp. And a checkbook for my LLC. Then I got to have checkbooks for my kids. And then my spouse needs a checkbook. And they start freaking out that they open up their Wells Fargo or their Chase or, you know, WAMU account, whatever, on their phone. And their app has like 15 bank accounts and they freak out. Guys, think of it like the chest of drawers in your bedroom. If you just lived out of a box and you threw your socks and your underwear and your shirts and your jeans all in a box, it'd be a mess every day. It'd be a nightmare trying to get dressed every day. But you have drawers and the drawers set you free. They make your life simple. You got your socks in one drawer. You got your underwear in another drawer, shirts in this drawer, your gym clothes in this drawer, and it makes life easier. It's okay to have a lot of checkbooks. They actually set you free. Mm. Man, I hadn't heard that one yet. I'm the new one. That's a new one. I just came up hey. with that in the last week. I don't yeah, know. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. I was folding clothes. <laughs> folding clothes. It just came to me. <laughs> came. This is kind of like my different bank accounts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well, okay. Now. All right. Throw some gas on it, Matt. Because this is your oh, chance. This, this is my chance to say something. Okay. No. Well, well let me. Let, you know, no, I'm a little I, resentful with that. You said before the show started, <laughs> this was my, this is, I know, this is I'm, my candy. Um, this is going great. Uh, all right. Now, as Mark said, there's gas on the fire. Then Donald Trump threw it on and the GOP, you can thank him for it, but this is a good fire. This is a bonfire. This isn't your house is on fire. This is a good fire. Okay. This is grab your marshmallows and your chocolate yeah, graham crackers. To, I mean, yeah. Come to the, because now what I'm getting is a 20% business qualified business income deduction on the money I'm making in my business. Now, and Mark, you're gonna have to get into this because this is where um, how much payroll I'm taking and how much profit I'm taking and then this 20% deduction that's coming out, um, it's even, there's even more kind of sweet spot planning, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, on, on, how, on how those numbers work. But I think it works very well with the already designed Kohler payroll matrix. Well, Thank you for teeing that up, Matt. You're right. And this, this, and you described that wonderfully. You defined it. it and that's called the 199A, the pass-through deduction, the qualified business income deduction, whatever you hear out there, folks, on the blogs and the podcasts is this 20%. But here is the red herring. Uh, the, in the matrix, this would be the red dress. 
Remember when Keanu Reeves is walking down the street and they're like, and he's like, he gets distracted by the red dress. Bam. You know, you got busted and he shouldn't have looked because it, it distracted him. Here's what people think. Oh, I should be an LLC or an S corp. I'm sorry, 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 back up. I should be an LLC or a sole proprietor because I have a bigger net and I want this 20% deduction. So the S corp got worse. I don't want, I don't want to do an S corp because this 20% deduction is less because I have, so remember in an S corp, you're doing part salary, part profit. So your profit's going to be less in an S corp than it would be in an LLC, but mm. you're paying less FICA. So when we compare these side by side at every income level, folks, I have done spreadsheet after spreadsheet for the last nine months, figuring this out. Every comparison shows that the S corp actually saves you because the 20% is not a dollar for dollar tax savings. It's a 20% deduction. So if we go back to that start, that same example, we started with a hundred grand, I'm going to do, let's say 40 grand in payroll and 60 grand in net then I get a 20% deduction on the 60, which is $18,000 deduction. Well, that's great. Um, did I say 18? $12,000 deduction. Yes, I am an accountant. So I get this 20% deduction. I'm going to my second. Get that pad of paper out. Okay. Now, now, some of you say, well, if I was an LLC, I'd get a $20,000 deduction. Think of it. A $20,000 deduction compared to a $12,000 deduction if you're in a 25% bracket, that's only a $5,000 or $3,000 savings in taxes. So the differential is only $2,000. But on the LLC, I paid $15,000 in self-employment tax, where on the S-Corp, I saved $9,000 in self-employment tax because I saved 15% on that sixty grand. So when you compare them apples to apples every time in every column, the S Corp still wins. The GOP and Trump hate them or love them. They gave you a benefit. Take advantage of it. As a small business owner, you're saving taxes, even though his Twitter feed might drive you crazy. Ignore it. Enjoy the ride, folks. This 20% deduction is huge. And as an S Corp owner, you're going to find, and there's a third balancing act here because you're going to start playing with your 401k contribution, mm -hmm. playing with your salary, playing with the 20% pass through. Do I put my spouse on salary? Do I put my kids on payroll? And all these moving parts just take your S-Corp to a whole new level. That's the yeah. real power of the S-Corp is because you can just put it in overdrive. It's like, boom, I'm in first gear. I get some asset protection. Boom, I'm in second gear. I get some privacy and some legitimacy. Three, boom, I'm building corporate credit. I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm building corporate credit. Four, bam, I'm saving on self-employment tax. And then you hit turbo. And you're, you're bringing it all together. It's so powerful. Love it. Man. Where do you come up with this stuff? I am. I'm a dork. <laughs> turbo. We got to turbo at the end of the show here. I know. I'm not so, even a Fast and the Furious fan, but I don't know. I'm really not either. I, didn't, I never, never really took to me. Yeah, but, it's hard. Um, okay. Well, now on the qualified business deduction, now there are different – is that what you qualified business income QBI? Is that it? What yeah, it? and you know what, Matt? I'm gonna pull. Yeah, I'm gonna pull. Okay, let me hear. Let me throw out this audible since we're on the cups of the NFC and AFC playoffs and mm. Super Bowl just around the corner. I'm gonna call an audible. That's okay. 
little example based on contemporary. Up at the line of scrimmage, yelling uh, Omaha. Here's my audible. I think we need a radio show on the 199A. It's so complicated. I think we should yes. hit the highlights here, though. I like where you're going. Okay. So, Let's just say one or two things about it. Okay. And I would be happy to interview you about the qualified business income deduction. Okay. You want, <laughs> to, do, you want to ask me a question? <laughs> I was just going to say, the only thing I was going to say is um, there's been a lot, a lot written on it, it you know, and, and we've been tracking this and, and what we've basically determined is bottom line, everyone's saving. Um, and so in a lot of ways, there's not much planning and sometimes there is, but it's like, um, you know, a lot of our clients are just sitting where they are. We don't need to change them. We've liked the S Corp. As Mark said, you're saving anyways. It's, it's, we've looked at it for different income levels you're saving. Um, but there are certain people who have a limit on this than who, than who doesn't. So certain professionals, you know, like a lawyer, unfortunately, the healthcare professionals and such, um, they, are good, they are deemed professionals and there's a limitation on how much of this qualified business income they can have and get the deduction. Whereas other people who are not professionals, like a contractor, for example, um, or just a you know a storefront, a restaurant, they will have this at an unlimited amount. So that's just one little note on the QBI, and maybe that's all. I don't know how much more we want to say. I just want to note yeah. that. I I'll add a, a quick amendment to that. Um, Matt is exactly right. If your income is under around two hundred grand single. 400 grand married. That's a, your adjusted gross income. So let everybody listening, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm going to put you down. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> There's a comedian that goes with that one. Whenever you hear, hear me out, you know it's hear not going to be out. good. Hear me yeah. out. I'm going to hold you by your legs and put you down in this well. Hear me out. Hear me out. There will be gasoline and fire. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> okay. Hear me out on this. Everybody listening, if you in any business are making less than 200 grand adjusted gross income single or less than 400 grand married filing joint. There are no limits. Like Matt said, do your thing, take your mm -hmm. payroll the way you should to save taxes. Enjoy the 20% ride. There's no planning. But if you make more than 200 grand single, 400 grand married filing in any business, there's a new equation that comes in for traditional businesses and there's a phase out that hits professionals. And so there's some strategy involved in maximizing retirement account contributions to get you out of the phase out if you're a professional, getting other expenses for your spouse and your children that would reduce your income to get into the back into the game without the phase out. If you're a traditional business, it's a 20% deduction or 50% of your payroll, whichever is less. So you, there's all these little equations that come into play. And so for those that are high income, you want to meet with your accountant early this year and make some strat, you know, put together a strategic plan to balance all of these little uh, pieces and parts to really maximize the value of your S corporation because they're all intertwined. Um, and 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 frankly, too, again, if you're making in that two to four hundred grand range, or single or married, or under that, there's still a lot of strategy involved. But this this one ninety nine A does take it to a whole new level. So yeah, fun. And we will have a future upcoming show on that. So we should stay tuned. Yeah, drink a lot of caffeine before that one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, what else do you want to say on the escort, Mark? I think one, I'll just make a couple Okay. Yeah, a couple things here. And Mark mentioned this at the beginning. Sometimes you'll have people who have an LLC. Maybe you've already started. You're in business now. You have 
you know, your LLC and you're like, crap, I should have been doing an S corp. Don't stress. You can add what's called an S election to the LLC where you basically notify the IRS and say, Hey, I want to be an S corporation. I want to start paying like an S corporation and getting those tax savings. You can make that S selection moving forward. Even if you already have your LLC, as Mark said, just remember you're an S corp now for tax purposes. So now you're doing the S corp stuff. You're doing the quarterly payroll. You got an S corp tax return. So you can, if you've been LLC, you can graduate into the S corporation. And sometimes that is a strategy. Sometimes you have clients who are really starting out and they're not going to have net income for the next, for the first year, maybe. And so, but they want a formal business entity. They want to get started. They want to have some asset protection. They want to start building the corporate credit, whatever they're doing. And so they start with an LLC and we're just looking at it and we're saying, Hey, next year or at the end of this year, if you're, you know, you've hit that 40, 50,000 net, let's add the S selection for the following year. And then you just kind of move into doing an S corp. You grow into it, you know? I love it. Great takeaway. Here's my final um, recommendation for everybody listening. For some of you listening, you already have an S corp. This was a show just to maybe fill in some blanks, make sure you're up to speed, uh, validate what you're doing already. Some of you listening know someone that is not using the S corporation and you want to help, um, help them and motivate them to do something different. Uh, some of you, your accountants told you this is not a good idea. And for those last two groups, I want to say, please encourage your friend or family member to listen to this podcast and just think of this as another perspective. And for those that are getting advice different than what we talked about today, get a second opinion, a legit second opinion. Pay someone to run the numbers on your situation and give you some hard and fast advice. Guys, I, I'm building a house right now and it's funny how you, all of you know that different contractors do things differently. Different cabinet makers do things differently. And, and, and you can, they're both legit. They're both good contractors or both cabinet makers, but they're going to go at it a different way. Just because your accountant says it's one day doesn't make it all powerful, all knowing the gosh awful truth. You, your accountant might need to learn something. You might know something different than your accountant. That's okay doesn't mean you can't fire your brother-in-law who's your accountant. You can upgrade. You can do better. Get a second opinion and, uh, and it's okay. So use this podcast as a, hopefully a, an opportunity to share the strategies with others, get, it, get them to listen to it and see if it's an option. And finally, run the hard numbers. Don't just think of it theoretically. Put pencil to paper, take your last year's tax return and do a column comparison. What you're doing now versus an S-Corp. Is there savings or not? And then move on. Don't yeah. just presume. Yeah, and that's what the lawyers can do in our firm. When we do a consult to set up an S-Corp, it's 800 bucks plus state filing fees. We're going to walk through that. We're going to look at what you're making or a hypothetical and go over to show you how the tax savings works. Um, so you, because you, it, that's how, that's when it becomes real, I think. And, and that's when you should really be taking action because now you've got money on the table that you're losing out on if you don't go, go and get it, you know? I love it. Time is everything, people. It's early in the year. Get on it. Don't wait till later in the year. Well, Matt, thank you for being an amazing co-host. Oh, my pleasure. It's an, an amazing hour. The power of the S-Corp. Thanks everyone for listening. Of course, go to refreshyourwealth.com to sign up for the newsletter. We'll be announcing uh, upcoming shows. We always, our, our newsletter goes out from there. You can get articles. Mark's got a lot of resources on his YouTube channel, um, on the S-Corp chapter in his book. So if you want to geek out on this more, you know where to go. See you next week. 
Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. 